Welcome, everybody. everybody. This, this is, is Bite the, the Ropes. Ropes. I'm your host, Freckles. And I'm your co-host, Conley. Cool. So, hey, guys. This is Bite the Ropes. I'm Freckles. And I am Conley. And so, this Bite of the Week for me is, is let's see, what am I having? My Bite of the Week is called Waffle Toast. Waffle Toast is where you have a waffle iron, and you butter both sides a piece of bread. You put some cheese on it. Super good sandwiches, and my drink of the, my drink of this week is honestly going to be water. Very basic. <laughs> well, me personally, I've been a little, I've been a bit of a bad girl this week. Um, I had a Jamaican beef patty, which was incredible, and some English breakfast tea. So that was my bite of the week. And since we're here today with the lovely Maso Lee, we want to go ahead and ask her what her bite of the week is. Hello, my bite of the week is Greek yogurt, but you mix it in with chocolate protein powder and it makes it like a little pudding. And then you throw some peanut butter granola on top. Oh, that sounds really good. That sounds really, really good. I got to try that sometime. Yeah. Super high in protein. Great for the summer cut. Awesome. So we have a special treat for all of our listeners here today. You know, as you guys already heard, we have Maso Lee here with us. Just uh, tell us where you're from, if you're comfortable with that, and tell us a cool, weird, or unique fact about yourself. Okay, so I grew up in California, right outside of the Bay Area, and I moved to Sacramento. Um, I've been really a part of the Sacramento community for the last three to four years. Um, and a really fun fact about me is that I love the 1950s style, household, mid-century, everything that oh, deals with the 50s. Pretty cool. So definitely a vintage gal here. Very much. Love thrift nice. shopping. Oh, that is nice. I love thrift shopping myself. I. I'm really like into like 1970s, like 1990s type stuff. So we, I think we'd, we'd have a really fun time getting into that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But... <laughs> so, so Lee, um, you know, we know you for having very intense, you know, having these gorgeous pictures and, you know, of these really intense scenes that you've had that you, you know, that you've been through that you put yourself through um whether it be you know as as a result of service you know something like a, a, a you know pain as a result of service or just something that you do for yourself but i wanted to ask you you know where is your mind during your scenes you know do you have what's your relationship with pain like so i have a very positive relationship with pain since pain for me is how should i explain it um Pain, I would say, is a way to euphoria for me. Um, there must be something wrong chemically in my brain where it's like, ouch, but then also, ouch, like that feels good. Um, so when I am in the middle of scenes, it's almost the best way that I can describe it, like as I'm in subspace mm -hmm. or like on my way to subspace is right. everyone has seen Stranger Things by now. Like if you have not right. seen Stranger <laughs> Things, I don't know where you've been living. It's a great uh, show. So the best way I describe for me going into subspace is in my mind, it's almost like I'm going into the upside down where everything is still the same around me, but it's almost like I'm on a different dimension. 
And in this dimension, the pain instantly turns into pleasure. And I am not aware of anything that is in my surroundings. So definitely subspace, you would say, is definitely the goal here. You know, being in that kind of like that altered state of mind. Yes. Um, And I don't have difficulties getting into subspace. I mean, I can actually get into subspace purely just by service alone and not through masochism. Like, you know, I'm in subspace if I break out the Q-tips. Like, I don't use Q-tips for my ears. (laughs) I use Q-tips to get in between, like, the little grooves of a blender or, like, buttons and everything like that. (laughs) That is so interesting. Yeah. I never thought of that. I would never thought of that. that. (laughs) Definitely something to take into account now. Yes. And I I just like those being able – I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. I'm not going to lie. And I'm very competitive with myself, which pushes me – in the middle of my scenes because you know I love having all of the marks after my scenes and I love that my sir probably has one of the cleanest houses because I do my best to provide him with the most excellent service that I can so I really find it almost like a badge of honor um, that I've done a good job and we love following the both of you. You and, and Splinter have amazing profiles and, you know, just following along with your journeys. It's It's been really cool. Thank you. So, Masaluis, so you, I'm guessing you identify with a slave heart, correct? Yes. Perfect. So my question for you is, you know, is your sla- how is your slave heart? How would you identify your slave heart? And how is it interacting within your dynamic that you are currently in? So kind of with having a slave being like a slave at heart, um, the way that I would explain it the most is that it is a need. It is not a want. Like I need to be property to feel happiness. And I need it so much to the point where you think that me giving service, me being someone's slave is me being selfless. Uh, in actuality, it's very selfish because I'm doing this for me because I need it mm-hmm. to feel complete. Um, I need to constantly be reaching for that perfection, for that approval, but I need to be able to do it in a safe environment where it's not going to be taken advantage of. So I find that when I am not with someone who identifies as a D-type, that slaveness that I was giving in my vanilla relationships wasn't giving, I wasn't completed in it, right? Because Mm -hmm. I wasn't being Mm -hmm. led. And as a slave heart, I need to be led to feel happiness. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense or not. Yeah, it does. 100%. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of where my heart kind of leads to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're relatively well known on FetLife, Masoli. Yes. Do people ever approach you for advice or for guidance? You know, I can imagine your your inbox is 
frequently <laughs> full, but <laughs> you know, do people ever come to you like, you know, asking you questions about your, you know, your dynamic and, and you know, the way you do things? So surprisingly, I don't really have people who ask questions about my dynamic. Um, I do occasionally get messages um, where people are asking, you know, how do I keep myself in a submissive state Mm -hmm. um, and how to deal with submissive issues, especially because we have everyday life and we can't be submissive in everyday life. So I get questions on how do you balance that? Of course, um, yeah. especially because for me, I get a lot more questions because I run Sacramento Newcomers, which uh-huh. is a group that mm-hmm. um, is dedicated to people who are newer within the community who want to come meet people and gain information. So I do get a lot more questions about that and how to get more involved within the community and how to do so safely. Very nice. Yes. Let's see. So, of course, you are you identify as an S type. Yes, you're a slave. You're a masochist. Uh-huh. Um, you're also an event coordinator. So, what would you say? Um, what do you do for like self care? What do you do? Um, you know, to recover. Do you have any way of recovering from like a heavy scene, or just like do you ever get overloaded from being in that slave state so many times uh-huh. or so much in your life? You know, I am incredibly busy. So I will just give like a quick like rundown because I am a slave. I am a masochist. I am an event coordinator, not just for one, but for two groups. Don't know how that happened, but it did. And um, Mm -hmm. I'm also a single mom and I work 40 plus hours a week. Like I'm constantly doing overtime. Mm -hmm. So I am incredibly busy. Um, But I think my anxiety is so high that it's like I'm just constantly going and going and going. And the problem is, is that sometimes you absolutely do. You crash and burn. So when I'm doing self-care, it's usually um, in the gym. I'm really into weightlifting right now. I'm really into bouldering. I go probably like three to five times a week. Um, so that's one of the ways I get self-care because exercise boosts your endorphins and I need as many endorphins as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, another way is like, I love being a basic bitch and just taking a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Give me the bubbles. I am in the bath. I'm like, thank God phones are now waterproof. And I just sit and I read trash And it is amazing. Or I just sit on the couch or um, one of my other things is that I love cooking and baking. So Mm -hmm. if I have a day to myself, I'm usually baking something or I'm trying a new recipe. Um, So those are kind of the things I do for self-care or spend time with friends. Like last night, um, I tried out swing dancing for the first time. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it was so much fun. I've never, like, I would not say I'm a dancer, like, at all. (laughs) At all. Like, sometimes I'm like, ooh, I got this huge ass. Like, maybe I can work. (laughs) And I'm like, no, no, you are still that awkward person. (laughs) (laughs) 
so like yeah i've taken a few videos and i'm like we will never show this to the public that will not <laughs> be on tiktok okay we'll not be there maybe so, that's the next step tiktok yeah you know we're, we're not getting there just yet um but i just really love trying new things and just never absolutely being stagnant um i'm always reaching for the next thing Cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So as, as, you've, as you've mentioned, you're an event coordinator in the Sacramento era. Can you tell us a bit more about the events that you run? So I run two groups. So Sacramento Newcomers is my kink baby, I should say. And then I co-run another group called Single AF, which is a group to meet singles. Oh, cool. um, or not even just singles, like anyone that's just looking, looking for, for a partner, a partner mm-hmm. in any type of capacity, whether mm-hmm. you're looking for a play partner, if you're polyamorous, you mm-hmm. know, you're monogamous, whatever. Gotcha. Um, so I actually have two Sacramento newcomers. I kind of segue kind of into single AF because with Sacramento newcomers, I want you to come and I want you to come and find a friend. I have a very strict rule that with this group, you are not going to come to my group and hit on any of the newbies. Right. You are going to come and you're going to get education. This is not a place to find romantic partners. Um, And one of the reasons why I did that is because when I entered the community, I identified as a switch. Right. And um, because even though I am absolutely 100% submissive in relationships, I am a sexual switch. Hands down. I love pegging. And I don't do it Mm -hmm. as like a power move. I just really enjoy giving pleasure. So I enjoy doing things that someone would say are very dominant in a sexual Mm -hmm. way, even though... In my relationships, I'm only doing it because you enjoy it. Right. Um, As a service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's part of the service that I give. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did things when I first entered the community that I had no business doing because I didn't know anything. I didn't know about negotiations. I mm-hmm. didn't know um like the do's and don'ts, um, you know, there were things that I did that may have not been considered safe just because I didn't have that education. So right. what I have been doing with my group is that I want to give people a safe space, especially, especially someone who is female identifying and a submissive especially for the demographic, because I know what it's like when you are brand new and poaching season is right. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I want to place where especially like people who are female identifying and submissive can come in, get some education where, you know, they're able to tell that the 20 year old masters aren't a master of shit. <laughs> Masturbators. <laughs> more like go. that. So. Exactly. You know, like, so. I just want to give you an opportunity to learn or sometimes even just get a chance of informed consent that you would not have the possibility of getting um, right. if you went somewhere else. Right. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's kind of. Really 
So that's my goal with that one. And so, and this is how I kind of segue that group into my single AF group is that I tell people like, this is not a group to find romantic partners, but if you are really wanting to find a romantic partner, come to my other group. This one is called single AF. This is the one where you can find play partners. Um, right. And sometimes I get people that are very confused when they go to newcomers. They're like, oh, okay, so where, what groups can I find a partner? I'm like, literally any group but this one. Like, this is yeah. the one that I'm doing, and I am different in this sense uh, because I just want to make sure that people have a safe space. That's great. I think that's amazing. I think having that separation is really important because, um, you know, as, as I've, as well as our listeners know, um, you know, I do run a slosh, a local slosh here in the South Florida area. And, you know, sometimes we'll have people say like, oh, well, like, are, is this like a speed dating event? Is this like, you know, is this, you know, how, how can I like approach people at this event and all that? And I'm always like, no, this is not this is not the place to come to to hook up. This is not the place to come to to, you know, hit on people and, you know, contact people online and then try to find them, you know, when you go to the event. So so I think that's wonderful that you have like those two separate events. You have kind of one is like the, the gateway into another one. Yes. You know, if that if that's their inclination. So that's I think that's really great. Yeah, no, it's like, man, we need like a sister chapter. Do we have like a we sister, need, like, chapter, a sister down chapter down here? <laughs> like, that'd be great. Coast to coast. Uh, fantastic. So you have a lot of great photos on FetLife. Um, I myself love photos. It's a great way of how I express myself and my submissive journey because me and Wayman Connolly were both the S types as well. Yes. So what would you say? Um, is, is photos for you, is it a way of really expressing yourself? Does it kind of help within like your dynamic? How exactly do photos define you? So I'll give a little background on my history with photography. I've always loved it and I love analog uh, black and white photos. So that's what I did a lot um, in college. So I actually got a few of my photos like showcased throughout like the college and I loved it. And if I still lived close enough to Berkeley, I would be in the looking glass and developing my photos. But yet I don't have the space, you know, my apartment. So I can't do that. Um, so what I really enjoy with posting my photos, especially on FetLife, is showing my masochism, especially because on FetLife, you know, it has, especially since the pandemic has happened, has mm -hmm. been overrun with people who are not really there so much for the kink, but to promote their uh, OnlyFans accounts. Yes. Or their sex work, <laughs> which is mm -hmm. perfectly okay. I have mm -hmm. no issues. Like you do you. Um, but what something that I enjoy with posting my pictures is that I want to show a different side of BDSM. Like I want to show the physical proof of like this is what my masochism looks like. This is what my sir does to me because he does this out of love for me. You know, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. isn't done as a punishment. This is done as a reward for my service, for mm -hmm. my discipline. Um, this is a very happy and positive thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. So I really want to showcase that. And I'm not going to lie. I love 
some of the attention that I get from it because I have mm-hmm. people that are like, oh my God, you're so strong. I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, I don't know how I do it either. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the intensity of my scenes is a direct correlation to the stress of my life. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like some of my harder scenes, um, I don't even realize are more impact because I don't even really feel the pain anymore because my life is just a chaotic mess. And I'm like, I need the emotional beating that you're going to give to me. Like Mm -hmm. I tell my sir all the time, I'm just like, I need to be beaten between four to six business weeks to stay (laughs) mentally safe. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. But I, I, I feel that. Like I, I, I feel that in my soul. Yeah. So and it's kind of interesting because I'm gonna bring it back to the question earlier of like how do you do self-care? Um, my masochism truly is for me self-care. You know, like mm-hmm. that is how I am able to have a happy face and go about my day to the point where before I found masochism, I I don't know how I lived before it because mm-hmm. it is that much of a release for me. So when we had our first scene, I knew there was no going back. Like I'm always going to have to have this. This is my emotional resets. Right, you're hooked, you're basically yeah. oh. hooked hands down hooked and you know and I have a lot of fun like I don't know if anyone has ever watched any of my videos Um, I've seen a couple (laughs) I'm laughing the whole time like I'm having like my laugh is how I equivalent to play right like it truly is play Mm -hmm. like impact for me is fun like I am giggle crying and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much Sherry Moon Zombie so that's kind of like our internal joke like there she is you oh, know there's really... the crazy coming out you know, like, <laughs> really, that is the crazy coming out so that you have a normal functioning person throughout mm-hmm. the next four to six business weeks before I need my meetings again oh that's really great I mean that's really funny like I, I definitely enjoy well we love your content Lee it's definitely that's definitely a given so I've seen a couple of your videos and I do recognize the laughter and the, <laughs> I think it's great I think it's wonderful I mean I, I I I feel that in my soul many you know in many ways because like I like I'm always laughing on the inside I'm always like I'm very stoic on the outside but on the inside I'm like yeah like like give me more and all that and and it's yeah like I, I definitely feel that yeah because so, it's fun yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it should be fun. It should be enjoyable. It should be something that you like really grow as a result of, you know, that it, it's self care. It's self care, like you said, you know, for, for many people, masochism is self care. And I, I truly feel that. Yes. So, you know, just talking about masochism and talking about, you know, kink, is there anything that you would feel obviously something that you feel comfortable talking about? Are there any kinks that you're eager to explore? Is there anything that you feel like, like you really want to try out so I want to try out waterboarding and I must say it is difficult to find someone to drown me um so that's my next little one that I really want to do um there's 
I'm trying to think of like what I haven't tried. Um, Cause there's like some kinks I'm not really interested in like right. being buried alive mentally I know that you're going to dick me up like it's not as (laughs) I have probably too much trust where I'm like I know you're not gonna leave me here um you don't want that murder charge right Um, like I've done electrical I hate electrical I hate sensation so like sensation play I'm just not as much into one thing I do want to try and it's actually, um, like, I think I always kind of surprise people, except these certain tops. These tops get it. I wanted to do more rope and suspension, but rope scares me. Oh, really? Does it? Yes. Um, because so many things can go wrong with oh, rope. Yeah, for, sure. for sure. And for me, I need as many nerves as possible because... I am a very active person. You know, like I said, mm-hmm. last night, I went swing dancing. Right, um, right. I love hiking. I do bouldering. I do weightlifting. I need full functionality with my body to do the things that I really enjoy doing. So it exactly. scares me in that sense because I have seen like person after person after person who didn't know their body and rope. And their tops may have not been as informed because it's from like in my area, it's very hard to find someone who's willing to teach rope. So you have a lot of people that are doing rope and they don't know as much because we don't have as many good rope mentors in our area. Mm -hmm. Um, So that one has always kind of scared me and I haven't gone into explore as much with it. And to build that trust with another person um, to do so. So we'll see. We'll yeah. see if I ever yeah. get into rope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you look, you look lovely in rope. I mean, I'm just like, I can't wait to see those those pictures eventually. <laughs> oh, we'll see. But yeah. but yeah, no, rope is definitely intimidating, um, you know, just as a result of, you know, potential nerve damage, you know, potential things that, that, that can go wrong. I mean... Freckles here is a pretty, he's a pretty well-seasoned rope bottom. He has a pretty cool, you know, relationship with his rope top. And, um, but, you know, he, he knows and, you know, and I know as well that like, you know, things can go wrong. And if you lose like certain, you know, basic functions of your, you know, like if your, your, your thumb or something like just, you know, goes dead, I guess, I guess you could say like, you know, it's not as simple as as going dead, but I mean, it would really suck. Right. I mean, rope is, as you know, we've discussed is, is I would say one of the most riskiest kinks um, out there because there's so many things that could happen. You know, you need that good communication with your rope top, but also understand your body within rope. And I feel some people are afraid of communicating that, Hey, I'm ready to go down and be done. So like yeah. I, my thing at suspensions rope for me, like for you, you have masochism service. I am a service submissive, but rope is the only thing that gets me into some space. So rope for me is very therapeutic. And so it comes with that risk. But once you find that rope top that you work with and you have that connection with, it can be a very beautiful thing. Oh, absolutely. I, I call him a masochist <laughs> in denial because he does some pretty like, he does like some pretty like complicated like rope 
scenes and all that and you know and and rope can definitely be very painful you can make it as painful as you as you want it to be it's a sustained it's a sustained pain it's not the same as like in an impact an impact scene yes like i actually looked at your photos and you are a very impressive rope bottom thank you Um, (laughs) i love it like because i look at it and like that flexibility that you must have and it's true like it is for me I, I'm going to equate this to giving birth. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't think labor was that bad mm-hmm. because I got a break every 45 seconds. I was like, what are all of these people complaining about? Like I was expecting the worst pain ever. And I'm just having <laughs> my normal everyday period cramps, mm-hmm. which now makes me realize that maybe my body has a problem. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it's fine because for me, I'm like, okay, well, I know that the pain is only going to last like 45 seconds. Mm-hmm. But when you're in rope, that is absolutely true where it is almost like a, there's a pain, but it's like not ending. Right. It's not ending. Like, um, and you know, you think I'm very flexible. I'm not a very flexible person at all, but yet I envision myself as like a piece of clay or putty as in my rope top can mold me any way she wants. So she can put me in different directions. She can put weights on my toes. She can put books on my back. Um, she can do whatever she wants, but somehow my body makes it work. Oh, I love that. And that just shows how great of a connection between you and your rope top have, you know, that you have that trust that they are not going to do anything that your body is not going to be able to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's see. So, Massively. So we talked a lot about kink. And I know this is a kink show, but is there anything you really love in your vanilla life or something that you want to try um, within your vanilla life? Like for me, like I am from actually San Jose. Okay. I'm familiar with kind of your area, but is there Uh anything that you like to do in your vanilla life that you'd want to share? So something that I do in my vanilla life um, that I'm pretty passionate about is hiking so I actually have a bucket list. I downloaded like the All Trails app and I have a bucket list of trails that I want to do that are around the world. Um, so uh, Vanilla Friend and I, um, before the pandemic, I'm going to preface this by saying before the pandemic, I was, you know, just recently going through my divorce mm-hmm. and um, we decided that in the year like 2024, no matter where we are in our lives, we're going to go to Scotland and we're going to go to Scotland. Doesn't matter. Babies, husbands, fuck boys. We don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. We are going to Scotland and we are going to go hiking there. Um, It is, I've seen the pictures. It is absolutely beautiful. Um, you know, I might just connect with my witchy ancestors. I like to say that like my <laughs> hair nice. is magical because I mm-hmm. never had it. So I'm like, I just got witch hair. Um, so I feel mm-hmm. like I will blend perfectly in Scotland. <laughs> oh, that is so nice. So that's something I want to do. I want to do a lot more traveling. And since I do live in California, I love California. And mm-hmm. um, so you know, something that I've already been doing is just scrolling through hikes and then traveling to those places. 
Um, and I'm a little bit more adventurous because when I gave birth, I almost died. Um, oh my gosh. So I ended up having a very uh, near death experience. So this is something that they don't tell you when you're giving birth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everyone's like, just get the epidural, get the epidural. I went 36 hours without an epidural and they convinced oh me to get one. And I was like, fine, because they it was looking like I was going to have a C-section. Uh, luckily, I did not end up having a C-section. Right. right. Um, but my epidural caused my blood pressure to drop to 70 over 40. And they had to give me two shots of epinephrine just to get my heart rate back up. Oh, wow. Um, so with having that near-death experience, it actually opened up my life in such a positive way to the point where I no longer fear death mm-hmm. um, because the experience that I had was very quiet. It was very peaceful. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're not afraid of that anymore. Like, I am okay. If that is what it is like, it's okay. Like, I'm totally fine. But since I am still here, I'm not going to allow anything to hold me back, Um, which is why I do as many things as I do. And that's why my kink life is very active, why my vanilla life is very active, because with having that experience, it taught me like why sit around and wait for someone to do something when you can just do it yourself which is why I ran Sacramento Newcomers because um, there were so many things that were happening with like other groups and I got so tired of being like well I wish they would do this I wish they would do that I wish this was an option and I got this opportunity to do all those things that I wish, I wish, I wish. And it's like, why can't I? Exactly. So I have a very optimistic view on life. um, And I truly just want to live as cliche as it is to the Mm -hmm. fullest extent and not have any regrets, which is why I have my bucket list, which is why I throw the events that I do because one of my life goals is to help as many people on the way in their own journey to kind of help for them to fulfill their own destiny, to help them fulfill their own happiness. Um, And I don't know if that's more so like the slave part of me or if it's just my very sunny disposition. I fully uh, feel that. Like I am a very, I have a very big heart. And yes. so, like, I love helping people. Like, I'm a submissive male, so I love helping submissive males, ex- uh, especially at least in our lifestyle here in Florida, because it's very different than the female submissive yep. system. So, I really find joy in just helping anyone who can, who's open to learning, and then just it really gives that gratitude. And really, I'm a very chipper and positive person, so it feeds that, and just feels like I can give back in my own simple way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and especially for submissive males, I wish there was more support for submissive males. Or even like, it's crazy to think that in this day and age, and as much positivity that we have, that we still don't have that much support for bisexual or gay submissive males as well. 
isn't that a, yeah that's i mean that's that to me is like totally yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and like and i ha- actually just had this conversation with a friend last night where like i think i was talking to her i was like man i think it is such a red flag if a man will not allow me next to his butthole i yeah. think that is a <laughs> genuine red flag because to me, I'm like, one, that means you're super insecure for no reason. You're G-spot mm-hmm. is in there. Let me find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, <laughs> let me press that button. <laughs> um, you know, and I'm like, why do we have all this fear, like all this insecurity? Like, what can we do to like change the narrative mm-hmm. of seeking pleasure does not have any type of correlation to your label your like sexuality Mm -hmm. like what can we do to keep this conversation going where it's going to end up being more in a and how should i say positive and accepting lights you know like where we're not having to fear as much and i feel like from like what I've seen, my own experiences, because I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I don't identify, I'm very femme identifying, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not a masculine submissive male. So, you know, from like what I've seen, I'm like, why do we still have some sort of stigma, t- or stigma against all these things? Um, but yet people who are female identifying you know, get a pass. Right. I do feel also, I know we're going a tiny bit of a tangent over here. I do feel also that um, females, what I've realized, because I am an anal fan, uh-huh. um, females are not as open to it from what I've noticed is it's kind of a scary thing as well from the female giving to the male yes. as well. So it's a, it's a two-way street here. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah, well, from, like, the conversations that I've had with my friends who are female identifying, they're so afraid of hurting someone, Mm -hmm. Um, which I totally get, because, like, when I was experimenting with more of, like, my switchy sides, like, I should have gone slow. (laughs) I should Mm -hmm. have done more Mm -hmm. Um, Mm warm-up. And, you know, it's scary because you're, like, for me, like, I love anal. Like, mm-hmm. I am a panel fan. Like, if it hurts, I am all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, not everyone is like that. And so it's kind of having to force yourself to open the spectrum of not just thinking about yourself, but also thinking about others and that others have different experiences than you do. And to go slow, to kind of learn as much about the other person as possible if that makes sense it does it does it definitely does and so yeah and so finally what does community mean to you what what can we do to strengthen and uplift our local bdsm communities you know as talking from your experiences someone who's been on fat life for a while and somebody who's been running events like what does what does what can we do to make our bdsm communities better so something that we can do is go out of our way to make people feel special. 
I think that is something that we can do to really strengthen the community, especially for people who are newer, who are wanting to learn and experience. Um, I think we need to not have as many closed circles. Right. So that's something that I'm doing my best to kind of break some boundaries with um, is to make everyone feel like they've been seen. And that's something that has been huge for me. So like for the community, for me, it is a place where I can express myself and not get judgment for it, where I can be my true self and to have this community of people who are like-minded, who say, hey, I have the same experiences. I have the same needs as you and it's okay. You know, because when you are trapezing through the vanilla world, if you tell someone like, yeah, no, I really like to be whipped until I'm bleeding. People are gonna look at you like you have four heads and (laughs) a snout and like, what planet are you from? Exactly. You know, compared Mm -hmm. to you go into the vanilla, or not vanilla, the BDSM community, and you're like, man, I really just want to put some needles through my nipples and Mm -hmm. someone's going to be like, girl, same. Actually, I did that last (laughs) weekend. Here's a picture. And I'm like, I love that. I love your ideas. For sure. Uh, So I think it's really important to have a group of people that accept you for who you are. Um, Nothing that you do. I mean, unless it's like absolutely illegal and disgusting, like, right. It is perfectly okay. Um, And so I think to help strengthen the community is that when people are brand new, talk to them and not only talk to them, do them, do it in a way that makes them feel seen, heard, special so that they come back. So something that I've noticed within the community is that you see a new person, let's say this is just like a social, not a newcomer's event. You see a new person and you're like oh i don't know this person i'm going to continue talking to my friend because what ends up happening mm-hmm. is that we have so many people that come in through our doors just to check it out and then they never come back again they never come back again that's always they ne- the issue we have yeah they just yes disappear. they never come back again and one of the reasons why they never come back again is because the reception that they received was not welcoming. Right. So when I first started going to community events, I would go from table to table and be like, hey, is anyone sitting here? And there would be like two people at like a 10 person table. And I would be told, no, all of these seats are reserved. And so then I would go from table to table. And so I finally found a table of rejects that (laughs) no seats reserved. And you know, and I've always been one of those people that never really had a group. Yeah, like, I, I feel will that. even take it back to like high school days, you know, like, let's think yeah. about like, lunch period, you mm-hmm. know, you have the same people that sit with the same people during lunch every mm-hmm. single day for four plus years. Exactly. Um, yeah. I was never one of those people who had a table. 
like I was like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with this person for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to go over here. I'm going to hang out with this person for another 10 minutes before I hit this group of people. Yeah. So that's something that I still do to this day where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit here, but I need to go say hello to this person because I haven't said hello yet. And then I go from person to person, table to table. Yeah. And that's something that I bring in to my newcomers group to get people to stay. Is that I if like I, that. so, and with my event coordinating, something that I do is that I make myself as loud and annoying looking as possible <laughs> uh, because you need someone who stands out. So, you know, that you're in the right group. So something I tell like in all my listings is like, okay, I'm going to be wearing pearls. I'm going to be wearing a pearl necklace. Uh, pearl earrings if the weather is nice enough I will also be in a sundress and all of my style is very 1950s yeah so not everyone wears 1950s so it's gonna be a little bit more noticeable I'm gonna stand out a little bit and something that you just have to be okay with is looking like a damn fool and exactly you're, I agree. you're looking you're gonna look a little bit different. And I get stares sometimes. Um, I like to think that I'm just pretty and we're just gonna go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, where I'm like, yeah, I know I look odd. You're probably wondering why I'm wearing a swing dress and it's like a hundred degrees and I'm wearing these six inch heels, but you don't know why I'm here running this event, you know, like you right. don't understand why I have to look a very specific way right now. Um, so yeah, I think that to help build the community, we need to invest within the community. And it's not just the same people that have been going to these events for five to 10 years straight. And you know, all these people, you can send them a damn text or message on FetLife and talk to them. We need to start talking more to the newer people. We need to start doing more mentorships to I help agree. teach these people how to do play safely. Um, so yeah, I think that is Definitely. just kind of what we need. Um, and I've actually gotten a lot of positive responses, especially within the people who are newer to the community, where they're like, the only reason why I kept coming back was because of you. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. we immediately became friends. Um, you encouraged me to keep coming back. Uh, you sent me a direct, or a direct message asking how I'm doing. And that is the reason why I kept coming back because I felt like I finally found my people nice yeah awesome like so. it's very nostalgic to hear that um because i've been in the scene i think what five four years now uh -huh. in my first month um, my first event was a munch and i did exactly what you did as in i how i was table hopping yeah i wanted to know everybody um and everyone and so that so really kept me going because I saw the same faces and everyone was so friendly and welcoming. And I do feel at least now in our South Florida area, we could use a reminder of that. And so I think it's very good to say that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I you know, I just wanted to kind of add that, um, you know, here in the South Florida area, we're very, it's very party centric, especially oh, in regards yeah. to like 
private house parties and all that. So it's a lot of the community is very clicky. Yes. Um, you know, so it's like, I think like the less we, you know, kind of close ourselves off and the more we open up and the more we, I don't know, like, it, but I definitely, well, I definitely do, you know, relate to your approach. Um, Cause again, you know, I, you know, the, the slosh that we do, I try to welcome everybody. I try to talk to everybody, get to know everybody and, you know, and just try to make things less intimidating for people because it's like you said, you know, we, we have instances where new people will come in and then they'll, they'll they might go to one event, they might go to a couple of events and then they'll just disappear. Yeah. And it's because they don't get that, they don't get that kind of reception. They don't get a warm reception. They feel like, oh, well, this is like very like, you know, this, these are just clicks. Like these are not like, you know, like how am I going to, how am I supposed to learn when everybody's just, you know, in their own little, it's like, it's like being back in high school again. Yeah, because a lot of people get into their own little bubble, mm -hmm. and I'm going to tell a story about why I have to look so freaking ridiculous when I do these <laughs> events. Um, yeah. I would say at, like, one of my, like, second or third socials, because I don't know anyone, um, I'm going around, and I'm introducing myself, and we were inside a bar, and I'm going from, like, table to table, and I go to this one table and they're all people that look about like my age. And right. I go, hi, I'm Lee. And I have my hands out and this table is just staring at me. <laughs> and I'm just like, hello. Like I am yeah. not backing down. I'm like, someone will be shaking my hands. Right. And mm -hmm. finally someone after like an awkward 10 to 15 seconds took pity on my soul and they shook my hand <laughs> and they're like, Hello. And I'm like, so, like, are you guys enjoying the event? And they're like, what event? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we've been that here since. <laughs> yes. And they're like, we've been here since noon drinking. Mind you, this is now nine o'clock at night. And I'm oh like, oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. And I was like, well, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to, like, me before. Like, sometimes, like, people will come. Because, you know, I try to give everybody name tags. Yes. Um, you know, name tags just to kind of like, you know, they don't have to write their name on it if they don't want to, but just something to kind of like mark them as part of the event. And then like sometimes like vanilla people will come in and they'll be like, 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 oh, what's going on here? Is this is there like something going on here? And I'm like, oh, no, this is like a closed off event. And, and you know, I kind of got used to that. And then like, I, I remember one time, like there was like a group of like, yeah, a group of like really young people like sitting around having beers. And I'm like, oh, are you guys here for the slosh? And they're like, What's a slush? <laughs> <laughs> so usually people like at least like okay. So I um, serve a collective of women, and they used to host a dinner at um, BJ's. Okay. And yeah. so we would, I would be like the coordinator, where it's like I round up all the submissives, and I always look for the ones who don't seem like they're there to just eat food, yes. like they were there on purpose. So I always try to search for the people who don't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I know for me, it's like the people that like sit down and they look around and then they're like immediately on their phones. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't right. look at me. I I am scared. It's like when you're standing in a house party in the corner and you're like a wallflower. Like I don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna stand here. Like those are my people. I'm like, come here, come here. <laughs> I do like my little like claw of just like so I'm like come this way <laughs> you know welcome. Gretel mm -hmm. 
<laughs> bring you into my house i won't eat you um, so yeah it's like really important to look for those people that look petrified and as if they don't belong there and it's like no you do you do come this way mm-hmm. come with me you belong everyone here belongs um but yeah you definitely do because i know with my events you know even if someone looks like a little lost or i'm not sure i'll still go up to them and be like hey are you here for the event and there's been several times where i've gone in nose i'm like okay bye and then like no explanation peace out Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to you further because I also don't want to, what, if you're vanilla, like, I don't want to break your own consent by telling you about what the group is. Right. Um, Right. And that's actually been something that's been difficult to kind of manage, you know, during COVID times, especially here in California and being just outside of the Bay Area. We're a little bit more COVID conscious than... I would say Florida. Like, yeah, we're out here in California. Sure. Be like, what is Florida we'll, doing we'll today? What are we doing today? We're like, it's, we're like the special state. Let's just call it the special <laughs> state. It's completely different. In the Bay Area, um, I went home for COVID for uh-huh. a year. And it was completely night and day when I went back yes. to Florida. When I went back to California to Florida, I was like, there's no restrictions. You know, like we're the first people to mask. No one's masking here. How do I feel? <laughs> exactly. Like out here, like some people actually wear like eye goggles along with like a double. Really? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. It's still, still, yeah. I see it. And I'm like, you know what? Do whatever you feel makes you feel the safest. There you go. You know, because mm-hmm. we, especially now, like we know the vaccines only work to some extent. Right. Um. Right. So I have to run my events a little bit differently because we are in such a COVID conscious area. My events are all outdoors. Mm -hmm. All of them, like my space, like I'm pretty lucky that the space that I have actually has this awning um, Mm -hmm. that keeps us in the shade, but yet still outdoors. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me to be able to give information, um, during these events because the way that I run them is like the first hour is like a social Mm -hmm. and then the second hour is an optional um, discussion so what I do is that the tables that we have reserved I go from table to table trying to do like a 10 to 15 minute discussion because unfortunately I can't get on a microphone and being like Today, we're going to be talking about <laughs> bedding. <laughs> Everyone listen to me. Um, because you, when you're doing those events, you don't want, you know, stand from three houses down. Right. Knowing, like knowing what you are into and why you're at these events. So mm-hmm. you have to get a little bit more strategic on how you're going to give information Especially during COVID times, there wasn't an opportunity to do it outside of FetLife. And honestly, sometimes FetLife's kind of a dumpster fire. It is. You're telling me yes. Yes. And so I'm like, at this point, I'm like, okay, some days I get bored. I'm like, I just want to read the drama today. So what is someone doing to another person? Um, Or simply, like, you have the people that are like kind of like FetLife writers and I'm reading it. I'm like, 
this is really bad erotica. You <laughs> don't know what you're talking about. I can tell that the most that you have ever done is like fuzzy handcuffs Thanks. and some light <laughs> spanking. That's yeah. all you've ever done um, by the way that you were writing. Um, I know like my sir and I kind of have like this joke where he's like you mean bow before my magnificent cock and it's just, <laughs> it sometimes they write like that when you're like oh god and this person put their identifier as a master and what are they saying like no 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 so it's <laughs> especially now as we kind of start to open up and have mm-hmm conversations with people like in person where it's like okay so you know everything you read on FetLife forget about it forget about it like let me give you some actual information um which is what I'm trying to do now so like some of the things that I have talked about if I think that it's like informational I will do like a quick little writing to give Mm -hmm. my opinion on something that is information Like I have a post on my page where it's about mentorship. I'm like, if you like, don't get into a mentorship, well, not necessarily be wary of getting into a mentorship with someone um, who doesn't a identify the same way as you or B wants to mentor you and then basically have you be their sexual or, you know, emotional submissive. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like your mentor shouldn't be someone who, who you're wants having to sex fuck with. you. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because I went and was like, hey, I want to try to find like a mentor. And I did like a little status update. I got like 10 messages from people that are like, I would love to mentor you into being my slave. Oh, and I'm oh like, God. Yeah. So Training like, okay. and mentoring are very different. Like Exactly. So, and that's why, like, I have a little writing on my page where I'm like, hey, like, this is kind of your red flag. You know, this is my opinion on mentorships. Um, This is something that I'm writing, not necessarily to get clout or anything like that, but just to have a little bit of information. Exactly. Uh, Because you may be more likely to find my page because I do have, like, a few followers. Right, right. So as much positive information that we can get is honestly one of the best things that we can do for our community. I agree. I agree completely. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much for, again, for being with us today, Masoli. We had a great time talking to you. This has been a really fun conversation. Yes, definitely a breath breath of fresh air there. And Mm -hmm. just thank you for taking time to talk to us. And I always find it interesting um, from people from different parts of our community and how their community works compared to ours where we live. Right. Mm -hmm. So I know the community is different there than it is where we are here. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's great, like learning and, and kind of mm-hmm. makes me want to travel and kind of like, <laughs> kind of get like a little bit of like every local community and all that. Yeah. So, well, you but know, I am yeah. traveling to Scotland in 2024. <laughs> oh gosh. You're going to have so much fun. You are going to have so much fun. 
Thank you. I loved being on the show. I've been really excited about it since you sent me a message about it. Um, And I really loved listening to your show on Spotify. Thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Oh, of course. So guys, please uh, tune in next time. And thanks again. We want to just say another quick thanks again to Maso Lee. Guys, please check her out on FetLife. And if you are in the Sacramento area, please check out her events. So you are definitely going to have fun with that. All right. So that's it for today. Thank you so much again, Maso Lee, for being with us. And we are going to go ahead and say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.